yesterday, um, I am Rebecca, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know, and uh, me and Ben um, just felt the Lord call us to plant um, Bangor Vineyard, and, uh, and so we've been going for over a year now, and that's very exciting. Um, just yesterday, we launched um, the big giveaway, the big Saturday giveaway, and, uh, and as with everything that you launch, um, apart from... Um, well, you know, the Titanic comes to mind. Um, things launch and they can be kind of small at the start. We had this lovely group of people just um, ready to, to come and to give away. It was simple, it was short, but it was beautiful. And I just feel like it was just a bit like a ploy that we're just plying in um, to just some of the joy. We just want to catch and share some of what Jesus has shared with us um, with Bangor. So we were giving out these little pots. Um, we were giving out little um, tea bags and candles and just inviting people um, to come and join us that they're so welcome and that they are amazing. So actually just um, calling people into to who um, God sees them as. Um, I have left a little pot to the side here this morning. Um, so if you would like to take a little tea bag and a candle, um, not actually for yourself, although you are amazing, um, but to give away to somebody, um, maybe your next door neighbor, or maybe somebody in work, um, or just a friend. Um, so lift and give, because we're just building in that culture of just who we are. That's one of our values. We just, um, we just give away. So, and catch us on the next one um, as well next month. So we're stepping in to um, our Gospel of Wholeness series again. And I was chatting last week about how when we start into January, there seems to be this kind of push and this drive um, as we change from December to January. And there's a lot of self-help and, uh, and self-motivated programs to kind of get, get us hooked and, and we go for it. And often they can come to a crashing um, halt or just slow down around February. And and we decided that it was it was maybe a good time as we change gear, change season, to start to look to Jesus to give us some, um, you know, freedom, some proper freedom, yeah, to get free from some things um, that we've been bound by, and uh, and yeah, I also just shared the experience of. Um, of how I felt that I was always um, kind of the one with the hand up, but does anybody want to become a Christian? And uh, I would be like, me again. Um, I, we, we use the term saved a lot um, as a kind of one-time thing, but then we don't really get freedom um, because um, the idea of sanctification um, which is becoming more like Jesus, becoming his friend, becoming his disciple, and learning how to walk with him um, on a daily basis isn't, isn't something that we, we learn um, quickly or we're, we're taught about an awful lot. So for Rebecca, for my story, um, I was the one who got saved and, uh, and then got saved again um, and uh, kept messing up, finding myself in this pile so I would have to go and get saved again, just thinking that I was horrendously awful at becoming a Christian because I couldn't do it properly. Um, so we just, um, 
Yeah, I went through the process of reading the Bible and serving and, uh, and, and just went through the motions. And I really outwardly, I, I was functioning as a Christian and people looking at me would say, yeah, she's a Christian. I mean, we're not really seeing the fruit, but she's a Christian in there. She's been saved. So, um, but in the end, you know, it was just, I just came to this fading and, and burning out really. Um, and I've seen friends do that as well. And I'm sure you have too. It's just too hard. I don't understand it. Where's the freedom? There's none. Ah. Um, and, uh, and then they become a Christian again. If that, does that make sense? Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. I also shared that the Bible is just an excellent menu and one that we should know. We just should know our Bible, shouldn't we? It's truth and it's good and it's solid, but it's just not the meal. Jesus is the meal. Um, and he is just one to get to know and is just available to us today. So, yeah, I was listening um, to a song last night, and it said, my hallelujah was tired. And I love that phrase. Um, and, and I felt that, yes, that's part of the the journey, isn't it, where we, we give our yes at Summer Madness and lots of um, church events, you know, yes, we're in, and we just keep on going, and we, we, we read the Bible, and we, um, we serve, but we're not really in that intimacy, that intimate place with Jesus, and our hallelujah gets tired, doesn't it? So we are looking this term at Gospel of Wholeness. And I just want to recap what Gospel of Wholeness is. It is a discipleship tool that's come over from America. Um, Belfast City Vineyard have used it, and that's where I've encountered it. And I find it so freeing and so helpful. So we thought, um, Bangor Vineyard, we can use this too, and it will be very helpful for us too. So I just want to recap as well, and I hope this isn't boring, but I just think it's quite helpful to go over these processes again, um, because I just think the more we can get to know them, um, then the more we can understand our own journey. So if you can see the broken process that often um, we can live, um, live out of, um, which starts at the bottom um, with some root issues. And these root issues may be just unresolved pain, and unforgiveness, um, they may lie low until events happen as we live life. And we start to feel um, these extreme emotional responses, and we feel a bit squeezed like a tube of toothpaste, right? And we run to our empty wells. And empty wells, I was saying last week, empty wells... Um, might be something that you, um, you go to to get your needs met. So um, that might be um, you start your next um, series on Netflix because just to numb out the pain of what's going on, um, we just want to get into, I'm trying to think of a good series, but all that's coming to my head is Gilmore Girls. <laughs> um, a good series. Um, okay, write that in the notes to get better. Um, 
And, uh, or, you know, that might be alcohol, or that might be um, drug addiction, or that might be internet pornography, or that might be um, Facebook for affirmation, or that might be a gossip with a friend, or that might be just some chit-chat, but it's negative, right? And we go to these wells, and we nurture and we feed our needs from them. And then we have bad fruit in our lives. And that is the broken process. And we're going to be talking today about root issues because a lot of the time we're shaped by them and we're operating out of them, but we just don't realize. People push our buttons that just evoke these emotional, extreme emotional responses. And sometimes we leave conversations and we're just a bit shaken. We feel a bit insecure and we feel just rejected. But um, it maybe just wasn't really that bad a conversation that was had. It just was that our buttons got a bit pushed. Maybe sometimes you feel a wee bit neglected by someone in authority. And you come away and you're highly emotional about it. But actually what happened, just that it just um, wasn't really... Um, that it just didn't really um, allow that response. That response wasn't really appropriate for, for actually what happened. Um, so we just have our, our buttons pushed and we, we seek out um, these empty wells that meet our needs. And then we realize, oh, it's not quite meeting my need like it did before. I'm going to find another empty well. And it, and it starts, we start to dig a little bit further and it starts to spiral a little bit out of control because um, we, just, we just keep looking for something other than Jesus to meet our needs. And then we end up becoming this person that we never intended to be. Oh, it just was never my dream to be like that. But we see the bad fruit, right? An example of a root issue in my life, I thought it might be helpful just to share so that we can kind of put this in context and you can kind of understand it a little bit. Um, so I would have been um, historically somebody who would have been highly frustrated um, by particular personality types of leadership in church leadership. Um, so I thought less of them, which you can see the irony here, right? <laughs> um, what did God call you to, Rebecca? But um, I would have been um, really frustrated by particular personality types in church leadership. I would have thought less of them. I would have challenged them. I would be a bit aggressive with them. And essentially, I would try to get others to boycott them, right? I thought this was really wise. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was really wise and discerning. So, um, but actually, I was just hurt. Allowing Jesus to show me that the root issue was unforgiveness of various church leaders who had abused their position of power and in the process hurt my heart. But once I discovered that forgiveness was about me releasing them and getting free, I started to see the leaders around me very differently. I was actually for them. Um, and I even started to see previous leaders in a different light because I was free and I could see that I could be for them too, even though mistakes had been made. So I found the freedom in Jesus. 
But what happened every time I encountered one of these church leaders, yeah, was that, you know, this is the event. So the root issue was unforgiveness for me that I just hadn't dealt with. I didn't even really realize it was there. And then events happened, and I kept on encountering these church leaders, and I was like, right, I'm after you. And, uh, and, and yet this was coming across in this very wise and discerning way, like, I know better. And, uh, and, and we realized there's something wrong here, right? There's something wrong. And, uh, and my empty well was just bitterness, really, and just this sort of chain of... Um, of bitterness, of, of kind of slander, and of, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you what's, what's right here, and, um, and just this, this pattern. And, and it didn't look beautiful. <laughs> the bad fruit, right? It didn't look beautiful. But I need to, to, needed to keep going to Jesus with this. Um, and, and actually, he did just transform my heart with that. And he will pull me. Um, so say um, events, you know, say I come across this particular personality type that I, I find just difficult. Um, and then I, I start to realize, you know, I'm getting these responses here. So what is that? Um, and Jesus healed so much in my life um, in regards to this. But um, say I start to feel those responses. Then my, my cue is to run to Jesus. And he starts to turn my perspective downside up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So the healing process. So the healing process looks a bit like this. So we receive deep healing of past hearts through the Holy Spirit. And he is so good. And he can just deal with things like that where you think, oh, I need like loads and loads of therapy. Um, sometimes therapy is absolutely excellent. Sometimes the Holy Spirit can just do it like that. Um, and, uh, but we receive deep healing of these past hurts that he starts to go, ah, there's this. And we go, yes, come in. And we walk through our days in complete intimacy and dependency on Jesus. That's where we're going here because Jesus is for us and he's with us. And we recognize, we start to recognize our emotions are rising. And instead of running to um, a bit of back chat, a bit of negative, um, negative gossip, um, a bit of um, Facebook, instead of these empty wells, we turn from them and we go to Jesus. We connect with him, and we let his spirit meet our needs. And then we see good fruit. And then we see good fruit. And some of you might be sitting going, yeah, I'm not sure that he's, uh, he's strong enough or he's big enough to do that in my life. Not with what I've got going on. Do you know what he is? He is so good. He is so good. Um, so our um, good fruit is not necessarily the outcome here, right? We're not, uh, we're not actually looking um, for healing, although that's brilliant. What we're really looking for is intimacy, that walk with Jesus, that close walk with Jesus. And intimacy can sometimes conjure up this idea of, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit close, but... Um, 
but intimacies where um, Jesus really wants to meet us. We have oodles of friends on Facebook, right? And we can just go, oh, yeah, they're my friend. I'll speak to them next month. Jesus wants to be that person who's like right there, just right there. So with intimacy, when he, when he starts to speak to you about who you are and you start to see him like this, then there's this beautiful dependency. You're like, well, I need you. And then out of that comes obedience. And we see good fruit. Gospel of Wholeness rests on eight verses from the Bible. Um, and so today we are going to look at the first one. And it's from Genesis 3. If you want to turn to it, feel free. If you want to just look up like I'm going to do, feel free to. Genesis 3, 6 to 13. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, oh, the serpent deceived me, and I ate so with each verse, with each um, verses that we look at, um, the passage that we look at, we're going to have a little key to just help us understand where we're going with it, okay? So the key um, to help us understand is the common problem is sin, okay? So the common problem is sin. And we need to get serious about sin, but we also need to live lightly because of Jesus in our life. We need to address the sin in our lives. We go off track sometimes, not because we're highly rebellious, but that we just don't know how to invite him into those areas to get help to deal with the sin. So we kind of feel like it's up to us, don't we? How do we let Jesus in? We kind of need to let go of the legalistic way that we see sin. We just need to let him access it. If we think about all the ways that we've been sinned against and all the ways we've sinned against others, it just piles up and we operate out of this deficit. I was looking up uh, sin on Google and I got a lot worse than what you're going to say, right? Um, so uh, I thought this is good. We all got it coming, kids. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, some of them were horrific, right? Some of them I was bent over, like, 
laughing, but then also horrified that people could see. Um, and I don't know about you, but even just this verse sometimes is enough, right? To just make you go, it's coming. And it's big, right? It just makes us feel like it's a bit, we can't approach it. The sin. This one. I, um, I, I learned this, I think, in A-level or something. Or... <laughs> I don't know what skill I went to. Um, anyway, um, yeah, this this was the bridge, wasn't it? It was like you were on this side and God was on this side. And then there's the fire. Um, but we have to get across. And then the cross fits the gap. Does anybody remember this? Was it just my learning in A-level? Very, is that right? Yes, uh-huh. Um, so it's the cross. And for me, my understanding was that once the cross was there, you crossed over, and then you were on the other side. The cross can go, right? Because you're on the other side. You made it. And I forgot, and I didn't realize that I was meant to be standing in the middle of the cross. Yeah? And, uh, and that's why a lot of the one-time save doesn't make sense to me. Because the cross disappears. But for, for Jesus, he just, he just wants us to stand on him and what he did. In my um, 20s and 30s, I ran with this narr- narrative of, um, of less of me and more of you, God. And so from a place of intimacy with Jesus, that is such a beautiful place to be. From a place of rejection and and uh, particular circumstances that just made me feel um, a bit rejected um, growing up, it was coming from a place of insecurity that had festered over the years. I'm not going to dive into all my stuff, don't worry, you don't have to counsel me. Um, but it looked okay on the surface. It actually, it actually looked holy on the surface. More of you, God. Less of me. Nothing of me. Less, more of you. And actually, actually, it just wasn't okay. He wanted more of me. If I, um, me and Ben are married, right? And um, if Ben, you know. Was, was with me, and he was like, Rebecca, you are just amazing. Like, he does this every day, right? Um, you are just amazing. You are fantastic. I love this. I love that. I love this. And, and I just sat there and was like, I love it. Yes, keep going. Carry on. Um, but I give nothing back, right? But I was like, do you know... Um, like, this is a one-sided relationship, isn't it? And the thing is that our Jesus just wants relationship. He wants that intimacy. Um, he wants to speak into who we are. So whenever Jesus started to speak into who I was and said, do you know what, Rebecca? I made you in my image, and therefore I love you. So I love the things about you that you're trying to hide. And uh, there's a great song um, by Stephanie Gretzinger, um, if you want to look it up, after Come Out of Hiding. And it just speaks into all of that. And it's just beautiful.
So, does that make sense? Before the fall, we had a perfect relationship with God. I love the bit where it says that they heard the sound of the Lord walking, right? So whenever I was growing up in my house um, and I'd be in my room, I could tell if it was my sister's coming up the stairs because you'd be like, pitter-patter, pitter. Like, it would just be this quick, this quick motion upstairs. Or my mum, it would be like this gentle kind of pacing. My dad, it would be boom, 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 boom. And we got to know, you got to know who's coming up your stairs, right? And they were in the garden in this perfect intimacy and they could hear, they could hear him coming in the garden, couldn't they? We get to know the people that we live around. We get to know his presence as we spend more time with him. Do we know the sound of his footsteps as we're walking and we're going about life? Can we hear him? Do we recognize his presence in this room? Do we recognize his presence in our work? Do we recognize his presence when you're washing the dishes? They will be my people and I will be their God. We get to hear him. You were made to be known. They didn't need anybody else to make them feel secure or to make them feel okay. He was there. You see, you were never meant to handle sin on your own. You just were never meant to handle it on your own. And yet we end up in it, don't we? In our big pile of dirt thinking, we're on the other side. No, we must have gone back across the cross. We've gone back. We must have gone back. So I don't deserve any of this. I just hit myself with the mic. Um, I don't deserve any of this, right? But we stand on Jesus. Yeah? We stand on Jesus. After the fall, our relationship is always in repair. Adam and Eve were unified to emulate the relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. They didn't have any needs that were unmet as everything was available. But after the fall, we start to see blame, don't we? Uh, It was her. (laughs) Uh, It was the snake. Yeah. Um, The first fight. You know, like, you know the question whenever people, like, um, get married and you're like, have you had your first fight? Start to like date, have you had your first fight? You know, the first fight was never a thing, but uh, Adam and Eve, their first fight. So the first fracturing was between um, man and God. I love that he gave us um, freedom. I love that he gave us choice. He gave us choice in the garden, you know, because he wanted relationship. He's always pursuing. He's always pursuing. He initiates. He longs for us to respond. We love because he first loved us. We see that God wanted to rescue us from the fall, and he wants to see the fulfillment and the restoration of our souls. The second fracturing was with each other, and I've spoken of that. The third fracture was with ourselves. We're no longer at peace with who we are. 
They covered themselves, didn't they? Adam and Eve, they just covered themselves with sh- like because they felt shame. And as we look around our society and our Bangor and our North Down, and we can see rejection, we can see self-rejection, can't we? But it just was never meant to be there. Jesus says, I've come to bring life in all its fullness again. I am here. And he longs to address some of the broken places in our lives. And you see, as we start this journey and as we continue this journey, um, he'll start to pinpoint things. He'll start to pinpoint these root issues in our lives. And we just have a choice there. We just have a choice to say yes and let him in. The healing with him is going to increase until you meet him because he's good and you're pursuing more of the kingdom in your own life. So I've got some tools for identifying some of these root issues, okay? Um, I'm, I'm going to liken it a little bit, um, these extreme emotional responses and these root issues to a bit of a volcano. Um, so sometimes whenever you feel that the volcano is heating up, yeah, um, like so whenever you feel like your buttons are getting pushed and you're about to explode, um, that's kind of that analogy of the volcano might be helpful for you. Um, or after, whenever the volcano has erupted and has kind of this mass destruction and we've left people going, what? What was that? It doesn't have to look like anger. It can look like a lot of different, um, a lot of different things. In conversations, we might find our reaction just a bit extreme. And that might not be shared and nobody else might pick up on it. But you might go, what's going on with me? Why am I shaking? Or, what's going on with me? Why do I feel like I'm about to cry? Ask him. Ask Jesus. He wants you. This is the bit that you get to go. I stand on the cross. I'm not a cross and dealing with this on my own. I'm not sitting in my pile of sin. I could use another word. Um, and ask him, why am I reacting like this? And let him come into it. We make these tiny decisions every day to involve him or not. I'll do it on my own. Oh, I didn't really think about you. Let him in. Let him come up. Come in. We notice little flags, little flags in our life that start to pop up. And with those flags, we just go straight to Jesus. We go, right, I'm taking this. Please tell me more. And maybe you've reasoned it out before. You know, maybe it's made sense because there's this and there's this, and that means that I do this, and, and that all is just what I'm, what I'm living with. It's generational, it's gender, you know. But no, bring it to him. See what he's got to do with it. See if he's going to show you more um, than what's going on in the surface. And maybe there's nothing outwardly that you're reacting to. And maybe you think, you know, there's no root issues there because there's nothing showing. But they're just disguised. They're just, um, they're just under, underneath the surface. Maybe you're still replaying conversations from last week. Maybe you're still a bit bitter about someone in particular, you know. Maybe you're, um, you're having underreactions to things that are worth a proper reaction. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's still extreme emotional responses because there's normal re- emotional responses, right? And then there's these extreme ones that are either 
um, like uh, under responsive or over responsive. So what I want you to do, I just want to challenge you to, to start jotting down and start noting some of the responses that you have this week. Let the Holy Spirit just come and start to expose some of those areas. Um, I heard this analogy that's kind of helpful, is whenever you're fishing, um, you kind of know on your rod whether if your rod um, is, is hooking like a big fish or a little tiddler, right? Um, so if your rod bends like just a little bit, you know that, well, it's probably, you know, just a little fish. If your rod starts to bend quite a lot, then you know that it's quite a big fish, right? So if you start to realize that whenever your emotional responses are a little bit extreme, you can kind of gauge what's underneath here. Does that make sense? Yeah? So go fishing this week and work out how your rod is bending. Okay, we're coming in for a bit of a land. Imagine being a church who are delighted that Jesus saved them, but feel wick for they keep messing up and failing. So they run to their friend for a gossip, their partner for an egg, their shop for a galaxy, their wine mark for a Merlot, their Facebook for a rant, and they just keep shifting the sin around, feeling hurt and heavy. I can, I will do better next time. So busy caught up in their own stuff, that they can't hear his footsteps. They can't hear his heart for them or indeed others in Bangor. It's a self-service relationship. But imagine being a church who calls in Jesus for the slightest hook on their line, the faintest self-doubt or rising feelings of rejection. The moment they see a flag or feel a volcano brewing, Imagine getting his beautiful perspective on broken things and broken parts of us that he longs to restore and make whole again. Imagine the freedom walking differently than you had before, walking free to hear his feet around you, walking free to hear his heart for you, and then hearing his heart for others. I just uh, really sensed that God was saying a few things to us this morning. Um, I felt that as we um, start to get some of our issues illuminated, um, there was a promise that went with that, which was that as, um, as you come to him with these, um, with these issues and you start this journey of freedom, he's going to illuminate the way on and the way on after that. It really is a trust thing. Um, but his promise is to illuminate not only the issue, but the way on and the way on after that. So trust. He's better than you think. Some indicators that he's trying to get your attention some indicators that he's trying to get your attention. Your heart starts thumping, and it won't really stop. You can't stop thinking about an issue. You want to run away. Your legs start to go, Arr! 
and there's choice, okay? There's choice. There's choice to let him. Let him come. And to step forward and to say, okay, yes. So, three things that I spoke of last week that what our church um, is moving into, right? It's uh, one, some things that, some values that we have um, is community, yeah? We value time together. Time together to share. Look, this has come up. Will you pray for me? This is just to do life together. We're going to be starting our life groups in February, and it's just a great time, a great space to just get to know each other, but also start to, to see what he's got for us um, individually and as a community. The second one is to serve others. And so as you leave, I just remind you, um, if you want to take a wee gift, to give away. And the last one is to receive prayer, to just relinquish our control and to say, I'm here, I'm yours, whatever you want, here I am. So look, we're going we're gonna to close, and we're going to have a time, a wee song, yeah, some worship. Um, and on that uh, worship, as we just spend time with Jesus, um, just let him... Um, start to speak to you, um, even just about what I mentioned, just that he actually um, really loves you, for you, with all your quirks, yeah, other people might not like them, he loves them, and, and just let him speak to you about some of those, right, that actually about who you are in him, and, and, uh, and then please feel free to come up, relinquish control, come and get prayer, um, it's not a sign of weakness. Um, it's just saying, here I am, and I want more. And we should always want more of him, shouldn't we?